Welcome into TYT's Indisputable, and as you may notice, I am not Dr. Rasad Ritchie, I am Adrian Lawrence. You've often seen me on TYT as a legal analyst and host, and I am filling in today for Dr. Ritchie because as you heard him say yesterday, he is in the process of nursing some NyQuil. So he will be back hopefully on Monday, but in the meantime today, you are stuck with me. And we've got some great stories for you today. And we also have an amazing guest host who you should be familiar with. We know big woes, we're talking about why. Lambre. You know, he's a writer at The Ringer as well as a host himself. So it's going to be great. We're excited. Let's go ahead and jump into it with this first story here. This one comes out of Louisiana and it is an update that hopefully you may have not expected, but unfortunately, too often is this the case. We have that Louisiana deputy. Do you remember him? He's the one who slammed that 34 year old Chantal Arnold to the ground. Well, he has now been identified. We actually have a name associated with this man. And again, you may not be shocked and surprised, but you also may be appalled to hear about his background. Now, for some of you who may not necessarily remember it, what we're gonna do is play the clip for you right now of the altercation with him and Miss Arnold. And please remember this is graphic and it can be quite disturbing. In that video, he had slammed her to the ground, dragged her by the hair. You know, it was disgusting when we saw it, and we just needed to put a name to this man. So let's go ahead and put his photo on the screen as I identify him. He has been identified as Jefferson Parish Deputy Julio Alvarado, and that's according to multiple sources, Mr. Julio Alvarado. Now, he's been with the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Department for 16 years. 16 years. This man is a veteran. And he also has racked up quite the number of civil rights lawsuits. According to ProPublica, nine federal civil rights lawsuits that he is tied to all involving some excessive use of force. According to ProPublica, the report, multiple sources have reviewed the video's content, confirmed that the deputy was Julio Alvarado, a 16 year veteran of the Sheriff's Office. Alvarado has been named in nine federal civil rights lawsuits, all involving the use of excessive force, the most of any deputy currently employed by the Sheriff's Office. This man practically is receiving awards here. Now, two suits were settled. One of them involved the beating of a 14 year old boy, and two of the suits are still pending with the remaining dismissed. Now, the sheriff's office policy in keeping with its usual policy, well, what it did is it did not respond to the request to identify the deputy when asked Thursday. But the office has said it opened an internal probe into the deputy's actions shortly after the incident, though Arnold did not file a complaint. That's an action the sheriff's office often does not take so this is pretty rare, and that's even in cases where citizens complain about an inappropriate use of force. According to ProPublica, the probe remains open. At the same time, the office issued a statement on Wednesday saying the video had been selectively edited. The statement asserted that Arnold was intoxicated and that she had been resisting arrest. But according to two witnesses there, Lionel Gray, whom Arnold considers a stepfather, and Arnold's 55-year-old uncle, Tony Givens, Alvarado, jumped out of his vehicle, grabbed Arnold and threw her to the ground unprovoked. 
Now, Gray and Givens also denied that she had resisted arrest. This is this 34 year old woman who we saw being dragged by her hair by this deputy Alvarado. Now, when asked whether she resisted, Arnold said to the investigator, if you call asking what's going on, resisting. Now we all got to see that and we also get to learn more about this man's history, Deputy Alvarado, which we'll talk a little bit more about. But you know, Waz, I'd like to know, how does this sit with you so far, especially in terms of the Sheriff's Department essentially trying to claim she was intoxicated and the quote unquote, you know, common resisting arrest cry we often hear. Yeah, you, we can never be surprised whenever cops circle the wagons for other cops, that's kind of, the standard operating procedure for those guys. Nobody holds anybody accountable. Everything is fair game with these guys, that's just how it goes. I think in an ideal society, we would have a police force that is held to a higher standard <laughs> than us right? as civilians. Um, we don't even get to our standard, right? Like this guy has nine infractions. If a cop goes into a situation knowing I've been arrested nine times or I've been in trouble nine times, that's basically license for him to treat me like a freaking animal. Basically is what they'll tell you after they treat you a certain way. But when cops can go out and abuse the public over and over and over again, it's expected to just be like, no, it's cool. It's kind of crazy to see that. And then again, you know, I've been on the show a decent amount of times and we have fun with the Karens of the worlds. And anytime a cop shows up to one of those situations, he's cold, calm, and collected. He's mm -hmm. de escalating. He's, you know, basically playing the good cop role, basically being like, I'm your friend. Let's take care of this. Let's be cool. And to be clear, it's not that we want cops to go out and drag white women by the hair, too. We would just like them see. We would just like to see them apply that same standard of humanity and dignity to all of our citizens. That it seems like most of the time, only white people get the benefit of the doubt. Yep, absolutely. And I think we've all definitely seen that, especially over the last year and a half when things have really come front and center post George Floyd. And we saw a lawsuit come out of that case as a lot of case. And let's talk about this deputy Alvarado, all of the nine lawsuits against him. We won't go through every one of them, but according to ProPublica, the report we have here says that Alvarado has a history of excessive force allegations. A 2016 lawsuit claimed Alvarado grabbed a 14 year old Hispanic boy by the neck and slammed his head against the ground and concrete as the child was screaming, why are you doing this to me? Alvarado then threatened to have the boy and his family deported according to the suit. The sheriff's office in court filings said that Alvarado's actions were reasonable under the circumstances. I'm dying to know what these circumstances were given that it's a 14 year old boy and I doubt he's about 250 pounds, you know. And so the thought that the case even settled for 15 grand, I can tell you as a lawyer that that ain't nothing. That That's chump change, especially when a lawyer is getting at least 30%. And hey, I'm sure there were taxes taking a bite out of that too. But the trauma to this young man will last him the rest of his life. But let's talk a little bit more about the other suit against Deputy Alvarado. So two years later, a lawsuit claimed Alvarado and three deputies beat Adner Casco, a Honduran native, and stole more than 2,000 from him during a traffic stop, then conspired to have him deported. That suit was settled on Tuesday before Thanksgiving last year for 50,000. Again, the trauma there. And the fact that there almost seems to be a history here with Alvarado 
essentially using the fact that individuals aren't necessarily citizens or could be deported. We got a problem here. And what we need is definitely some accountability when it comes to Alvarado. And we will see what will happen, especially given that he is involved in those nine federal lawsuits, has faced the most complaints of anyone in that department. And finally, the department has decided to do something in terms of an investigation. But let's go ahead and move on to our next story here, which takes us to another sheriff's office, but this time in Los Angeles, California. Now, Steve Bannon doesn't seem to be the only one out there trying to dodge subpoenas. Also, LA County Sheriff Alex Villanueva and his second in command seem to not want to answer questions by dodging lawsuits or dodging subpoenas to answer questions about allegations of having gang activity going on in the sheriff's department. You'd think he'd want to stand up and say that this doesn't go on, but apparently he decided that he'd prefer to be elsewhere. And this is according to a report from the LA Times. Let's see what they had to say. So according to the LA Times, the latest subpoenas called for Villanueva and undersheriff Tim Murakami to appear at the commission's meeting Thursday. Villanueva was subpoenaed to testify about gang-like groups. And well, he that was of deputies following the release of a study LA County officials commissioned the Rand Corp to conduct on the issue. Now the study found that 16% of the 1,608 deputies and supervisors who anonymously surveyed questions have been invited to join a group with some invitations having come in at least the last five years. Yes, the last five years. And we've heard so much in the media about there being kind of gang affiliations and essentially illegal conduct, hiding of records, things going on in the LA County Sheriff's Department and Villanueva essentially just throwing it shade and pretending he need not answer it. Now Villanueva, what he did is he briefly attended this remote meeting only really to just hop out and leave before it was his time to testify. Now, this chief of staff had prepared a statement on his behalf, but again, the commission had subpoenaed him and brought him there, yet he did not answer the questions. Now, let's talk about his second man in charge, Murakami and what he did. So Murakami, well, he was subpoenaed to testify about the civil rights and public integrity detail, a unit that's a unit he oversees that critics have accused of targeting the sheriff's most vocal critics. Now, Murakami indicated on Wednesday that he had an unspecified health issue and thus he was too busy to attend. So even the first man in command can't be present, but now the second man, all of a sudden, you know, he's got a hiccup and a cough and he can't be there. And so what happened here? Well, the snub is the latest ploy in an increasingly hostile power struggle between Villanueva and the Sheriff's Civilian Oversight Commission. Much of the recent controversy has revolved around the commission's authority to issue subpoenas that compel the sheriff and members of his staff to answer their questions under oath. Villanueva has called the commission's demand for him to do so an abuse of power. Members of the commission, meanwhile, have said his recalcitrance is an attempt to flout the body's oversight powers. And Villanueva said in a statement Wednesday night that the commission exists to offer advice, not interrogate. This is interesting because California State Superior Court said that Villanueva and the LA County Sheriff, well, they need to answer these subpoenas because basically the commission does have authority to essentially push forward with these subpoenas. So, you know, Big Wells, how do you feel about this? Man, it's 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 kind of funny in the sense that <laughs> if you've ever come into contact with the law, 
you know, they say, uh, if you don't got nothing to hide, you should talk. Why get a lawyer? Why lawyer up? If you, if you got nothing to hide, come talk to us. You're not in trouble if you if you didn't do anything wrong. You should be forthcoming. That's what the police always uh, preach to, to people who they're interrogating, who they're investigating. So I find it quite humorous that now that the LA, uh, LA County Sheriff's Department is under investigation by an outside group, which is important. This isn't, you know, this isn't IA Internal Affairs basically doing a dog and pony show of an investigation. This is an outside, independent civilian group who's trying to hold these guys accountable. I would encourage everybody who's watching this right now to go read Knock Up LA's. Uh, Knock LA, excuse me, their report on the gangs in, within the LA uh, PD, LA, LA County Sheriff's Department. Uh, it was quite shocking the revelations in there, just the way these guys operate. So yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not surprised, but I find it ironic that these police <laughs> don't want to talk. <laughs> yeah, no, isn't that interesting how all of a sudden uh, they decided to use their right to silence, I guess. And the thing that gets me is that this seems like an entirely lawful subpoena trying to find out if there is gang activity involved and misconduct in the sheriff's department. So you'd think that the officers want to step up, but apparently not. They they don't want to really dispel the notion of misconduct. And before we move on quickly, I'll note that settlements and adjudications of claims from the LA County Sheriff's Department, they've cost taxpayers in LA County at least 550 million between 2012 and 2020. So again, I guess misconduct is definitely going on and quite rampant. And it'd be great if Villanueva or someone representing him stood up and really kind of testified otherwise. We are heading now out to Texas with arguably some good news, so shall we say. So when he's not trying to strip citizens really of their right to vote and also women of their bodily autonomy, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick of Texas, well, he is issuing his own self owns. Because you remember how back in November 2020, he offered a $25,000 reward for anyone who can identify voter fraud in Texas. Well, he found his winner and he actually issued that first $25,000 dollar award. Let's see the gentleman on the screen here. It's Mr. Eric Frank. He found that there was actually voter fraud going on. And of course, it was a Republican who voted twice. That's right, a Republican in Texas who voted twice. Because if you recall, well, it was the Republican Party and Trump who continued to say that, hey, it's the Democrats engaging in voter fraud. Nope, this one was definitely a Republican. So let's talk about the details of that. So one week after the 2020 US presidential election, in which Joe Biden defeated President Donald Trump, the Lieutenant Governor of Texas set a bounty of up to 1 million, anyone who can find instances of voter fraud in the US. And Frank told the Daily Morning News that he had been told that he received only the minimum bounty because greater rewards were reserved for quote unquote bigger fish. I'm guessing those bigger fishes might start with the name Biden. But Patrick's campaign spokesperson, well, he told the Dallas Morning News that only the original tipsters would receive the prize. Frank, however, was the original poll worker who submitted a violation by Ralph Thurman, a 72 year old Republican man who pleaded guilty in September of this year to voting twice, once under his name and once using the name of his Democratic allied son. And Thurman, this gentleman who's of the Republican Party who voted twice, he received three years of probation and is barred from voting for four years. 
Wells, how does it set you? <laughs> you know, we've all heard the term, be careful what you wish for. And this is just a beautiful demonstration of that. Uh, it doesn't take long to sort of dis, disentangle or disembody the voter fraud conspiracy or theory. Just pull up the voter turnout numbers in this country. The We can't get people to vote once, much less there's gonna be widespread amounts of people just going out and doing extra voting. It, on behalf of who and for what? So these guys could sit on their butts in Congress and do nothing for the American people. It's just, it's just hilarious. It's, it's, it's hilarious the the notion that people would be out casting fake votes or you know people would be leaving their house, going to different counties. But it's like nobody wants to do this the legal way. <laughs> exactly. So why would you think they do it the illegal way? And the thing, really quickly, that really hits me is the injustice of it all. You had this 72-year-old white male voter who voted twice, yet remember those years ago where you had that black Texas mother, Crystal Mason. And she got a five year prison sentence for illegally voting Jeez. in the 2016 election. She got five years, yet what happened there is that she was on supervised release from for tax fraud charges and didn't know she couldn't vote. And then also there's been a Texas justice of the peace named Russ Casey, white man, five years probation for voting twice, a white woman in Iowa, two years probation. So basically white people are enjoying probation while black people are getting sentenced for voting twice and there is no voter fraud. But there is the opportunity to see us again and we'll be right back. Thanks for joining us once again, Adrian Lawrence filling in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. And we've got some interesting things for you. Of course, the podcast, have you checked out Indisputable as a podcast? I want you to go ahead and do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you do your listening really. Now, I want you to search for Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie and click follow and rate us with five stars, not four, but five. Also, there's a petition. We covered a story here on Indisputable a few days ago about Chantal Arnold and how she was assaulted by a Jefferson Parish, Louisiana police officer right after she was being assaulted by a group of neighborhood boys. Now, the unidentified police officer who we just identified as Mr. Alvarado, well, he's under investigation and we'd like you to consider signing a petition. Please use your voice. Our goal is 10,000 signatures. Calling on the Jefferson Parish, Louisiana Sheriff, that's Joseph P. Lopinto III, to fire the unarmed officer who has been involved in now nine federal civil rights lawsuits. This brutal attack would never be allowed in any place of work and it must definitely be addressed. It also most definitely should not be tolerated in our police department. Sign the petition today for Chantel Arnold at tyt.com petitions. And also coming up next, we have Galaxy Brain with Ben Carollo. That's after Indisputable, go to twitch.tv TYT to check out Galaxy Brain with Ben Carollo. Watch every Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Also, we wanna remind you definitely, Hit that tweet at indisputable tyt to let us know your thoughts so we can share your comments. And let's go ahead and share a few of the listeners' comments here. Uh, tyt members at tyt.com, they say, LOL, Adrian, you're no longer have to explain yourself. We know well and admire and respect you. Thank you, Mickey C, the silver haired dragon, much appreciated. I'm glad y'all can recognize my friendly face. Also, again, keep spreading the word. 
the folks here, we are only at 5,200 signatures. That's Colorado Blue Blazer regular talking about that petition to fire the police officer who assaulted Chantel Arnold. Please go to tyt.com petitions and contribute, uplift your voice. Also, Triadora says, so true, Woes. It's always, if you didn't do nothing wrong, then talk to us. But now that the tides have turned, homeboy has a cough, and the other one couldn't be bothered to finish the Zoom meeting he came into. Absolutely, LA County Sheriff, they really gotta get it together. Let's check out YouTube Super Chat for Bazilla. If the video was selectively edited, then release the full video, ACAB. Adrian, you're looking lovely as usual, was you still fine, boo boo. Kiss me. <laughs> There's some love there, you got some fans, thank you. I appreciate it myself. All right, Topher Barrow, I didn't catch where the doc said he would be out. But Adrian is a pleasant surprise, I love when she's on. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, the doc has a little bit of a cough cough. Again, he's nursing some NyQuil, so send him your best wishes. And there's a good chance he will be back on Monday. Also, Twitch, let's get those comments in. Peachy Pax says, as horrible as some of the stories are going to be, I'm guessing it makes my day to have my girl crush hosting. Love, Adrian. Thank you. Kentucky APPDX says, I wish Adrian had time for her own TYT show. Hey. And Alyssa Gale, I love all your TYT guest hosts, but she warms my heart. I just love her so much. Oh my God, I love all of the amazing love from you guys. Thank you so much. And please continue to watch. We'll be right back. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel great. I will. Cool so I can I will. close my door. Except for the I, fact Ms., that I'm going to call the police. You're assaulting call me. The, Please get away from <laughs> me. I don't want anything to do I'm with you. I'm assaulting you? You're, you're let, not letting me leave. And this is assaulting you? You're not letting me leave. So you're l stopping me from leaving. Call the so, police. Okay, I will. Do Please this. move away from me. Please I, get away from me. I didn't do anything to you. I was trying to have a conversation. I don't with you. want to have a conversation with you. I, I don't understand. know you. You're so close to me with COVID. You don't have a mask on. It's insane. Can you please step away from me? Get away from me. So you're trying to tell me. I'm that just trying to tell you. I'm trying to close my door. And I was trying to and tell you're you. You're pulling my. You're because, hitting me. Because you're stopping me. Yes, because please I need you back, to hear. Please back away from me. I need you to this hear some words. This is insane. I will back up here, but you need to listen Miss, to me. Listen. You're not. If you're that can concerned, you, Miss, I'm concerned about you, you stopping me from leaving. That's what I'm concerned with. I'm concerned with. about I'm you. I'm going to the store Please do. and let them know that I'm you're concerned. stopping me. You can't stop I'm me. I'm concerned with I you. Don't Oh, I wish a Karen would, and I would definitely like to know that woman's explanation for why she felt it was her job to interfere with that delivery person. According to the individual who posted it, that delivery person parked where he was supposed to as the store directed him, but she felt that she didn't like the way he parked and thus she had to interfere with him and to check him and spend her time engaging in absolute Karenessity and just nonsense behavior. Wills, what do you think about this? <laughs> It's tough because you know the New Yorker and me. We don't really abide by this type of tomfoolery. This lady, she would have, I would have let her know about herself very quickly, and my door would have been closed. Maybe a finger would have got caught in between. Who knows, 
But I'm closing my door and I'm getting the hell up out of this. Shouts to that brother for exhibiting <clears throat> such a amazing amount of patience and just like, you know, lady, let me get out of here. I, it would have been a different story for me. I would have been yelling at this woman, calling her all kinds of crazy, trifling, all of this. And, and it would have been a problem for her. This guy was nice to her, fortunately for her. Yeah, he seemed to be very nice to her. But what he, one thing he definitely did that I love as an attorney is he started recording it. Because these people who get up in your face and get physical with you, they're the first people to lie when the cops show up or when you in court. So it's you always have to protect your person, your peace, and your purse. Because these Karens out here in these streets, they do not tell the truth and they do not exercise any form of common sense. And that Karen there, I really wish she would because she really gonna get her lesson one day. I definitely think so. Mm. Yeah, Let's, it's go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, it's it, it's just it's just incredible um, how people can operate this way uh, with this sense of entitlement, the sense of superiority, and you know, I know we're not supposed to espouse uh, on behalf of violence, but yeah, she might have. <laughs> we can go to the next. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and go to the next story before we get ourselves in some trouble. Let's hand over to the land of Lincoln. This is at Naperville High School and it's a follow up to a story you may have seen in the media. There where a high school student, he had posted a Craigslist ad for a fellow student with his picture attached, advertising a slave for sale. That's right, this white student was marketing the sale of his classmate who is black as a slave. And of course, he had to throw in that racial slur. Now we have some progress on that case because that young man has now been subject to sentencing for what he did. Now what we have from the Chicago Tribune is that on November 14th, the student allegedly took a photo of a black classmate posted it online with the caption slave for sale. The post included a racial slur as I mentioned, Naperville police said they began investigating the matter when they learned of it four days after the posting. Now the mother of the targeted student, and let's go ahead and put her photo up here, Mrs. Tamara Wallace. Well, she said that the two students, the white young man and the black young man were once close friends and that her son was taunted after that ad was placed. And this is also what the Chicago Tribune said, that the mother had said that her 14 year old would walk through the halls of Naperville Central last week. And the fellow students laughed at him and told him, I'll buy you for a dollar. He didn't know what was going on, Wallace said. He was the butt of jokes for days. The student, a juvenile whose name has not been released, was sentenced to two years probation and 100 hours of community service. The prosecutor's office said he had pleaded guilty on September 1 to two counts of felony hate crime and one count of misdemeanor disorderly conduct. Now this is important to also bear in mind that this area of Naperville, apparently it is a wealthy suburb outside of Chicago. And in that school district there, that there are less than 4% black students in that entire school district, over 70% white. So this young man was definitely in the minority here alone. And the fact is that this Naperville School District has faced so many issues in the past of instances of racism. They hit the national news for it not too long ago. And I'm talking about things like elementary school kids who are black being associated with being animals. But this is a problem with the school district has and also the administration once this story about the slave sale gained some natural attention, national attention, well the administrators 
apologized and said they knew this problem persisted for years, didn't handle things well before and needed to do better. So these people knew and yet they did not address the problem before this issue took place. And this man had to suffer and now, or I should say this boy had to suffer. And now we have another young man who is on probation. Willis, what do you think? You know, fortunately for us, Adrian, um, we were emancipated like about a <laughs> hundred something, fifty something years ago. So we, we don't have to worry about being auctioned off as slaves anymore. But no, but seriously, not even to be glib here. I would just hope that the young man who um, was transgressed against would, you know, keep his head up and understand that these people are clowns. They're hurt themselves. They're not going to get very far in life with this level of narrow-mindedness and ignorance, right? Like that type of hate, that type of energy uh, doesn't even need to be entertained. I'm glad the authorities, the people who should be protecting this young guy, uh, stepped in and you know at least levied some type of punishment. So there's an accountability for this disgusting type of behavior. But you know, I just think about the young man in the in, in the situation, and I would hope that he would understand this is nonsense, stupidity. Uh, <laughs> No young, little, dumb white boy could tell him what his self worth is or his value is. So that's all that I would hope out of all of this. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that this kid has to go through the halls and it's supposed to be in an educational institution where essentially teachers, and I'm guessing the parents around the area, are they're really compounding the racism. They are reinforcing this messaging. They are not correcting these kids when they essentially get out of pocket with their racism. And the thing is, is that that young man, it makes me think about and all the other black kids, even though there are few and far between there, how it impacts their ability to learn and to essentially grow up to be productive members of society. Because as I'm sure you and I know, definitely the fact is that racism is extremely distracting, especially when you are few and far between and no one's there to stand up for you and you're scared and also you're isolated. Yeah, you know, in society, we, especially here in America, we're generally obviously the minority whenever we show up to places, right? Like we're 13% of the population at large. And you know, you go to other areas, like you you did the demographics of this place, this is 4% of the, the populace is black. So these are the kind of things that you're generally gonna run into. And again, I would just hope that he sticks close to the people who actually care, care for him. Um, who would protect him and who actually care about him. This is one one kid, one stupid incident. Um, life definitely goes on. I, I just hope, really hope that it's been impressed upon the little white boy that this is unacceptable. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he's a juvenile, you know, I'm sure whatever records are going to be sealed and it won't necessarily hurt him in the future. But still, the thing is, it was absolutely entirely unnecessary. Racism is something that's learned. So as far as I'm concerned, this is on his family. But then we look at the instances that have happened in that area, what's not been done. It's just promulgating institutional racism. And the good thing is, is that after this was called out and gained national media attention several months ago, in terms of the initial instance incident happening, that the school actually had made the effort to teach quote unquote critical race theory. Basically just to do more <laughs> diversity conversations, educations and training. But the thing is, if you still leave people in power there who just didn't get it to begin with or did not care, it's really, what are you doing? Like what, where, what do you have to gain there? I really don't know. Also, 
sometimes Adrian and you know I hate to sound like a broken record. Sometimes you got to knuckle up. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you just got to punch somebody in the mouth when they get out of pocket and disrespect you. That's just you know, I know that's old school and 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 not progressive of me, but I truly believe that, especially at a young age. I feel like a lot of times you meet people out in this world who feel like they could talk to you any type of way, behave any type of way. And I always think to myself, yeah, that person's never been punched in the face before. <laughs> because if you have, there's a certain level of humility uh-huh. that comes with that. And so, yeah, I think this dude needs to get punched in his face. That whole Mike Tyson, until you get knocked in the mouth kind of thing. Come on now, come on now. No, okay, so the lawyer in me, not the street in me, but the lawyer in me says that violence is not the answer. But the lawyer in me also says, just make self-defense your weapon. That means let them take a swipe shot, lunge first, and then you can do whatever you need to essentially do that humility control that you need to do. But essentially put yourself in a position where you are responding and you do not look like you are initiating the assault. That is the best advice I can give, but I will go ahead and reiterate again that violence is not the answer, but sometimes it can be a little bit helpful. But thank you so much for sharing that. We're gonna go ahead and go to break, we'll see you soon. It's TYT Indisputable, Adrian Lawrence back at you with the famous Waz and we're excited to join you. And also excited for you to hit us up at Indisputable TYT on all of our platforms as well as check us up at youtube.com slash Indisputable TYT. Also put us in your ears, listen to the podcast. Go ahead and do that. You can do it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you really wanna listen to your podcast. Doesn't matter, search for Indisputable with TYT with Dr. Rashad Ritchie and click follow. Give us those five stars, we deserve them. Also, as we mentioned, there's a petition to hold accountable Deputy Alvarado of the Jefferson Paris, Louisiana Police Department. He's that individual who dragged Chantel Arnold by her hair and who was also involved in those nine federal lawsuits that involve civil rights violations. Our goal is 10,000 signatures calling on the Jefferson Parish, Louisiana Sheriff Joseph P. Lopito III to fire the unnamed officer whose name has now been identified. We talked about it earlier on the show. This brutal attack never would have been allowed in the first place and it definitely shouldn't be tolerated. Sign the petition today for Chantal Arnold at tyt.com slash petitions. Also coming up next after Indisputable, go to tyt.tv-tyt to check out Galaxy Brain with Ben Carollo. Watch every Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. And let's go ahead and get some thoughts from you all. Definitely appreciate you watching today as I fill in in Dr. Richie's absence. First up, TYT members on tyt.com. Ah, it's texting. Well, I'm with was, but no finger problems. I just push her on her butt in the parking lot and drive off. Yeah, that was in response to that Karen issue. I think there are people who- grass there, Adrian, it's grass and dirt. She wouldn't hurt or get scraped up. She would just have some, some dirt or mud on her butt and she could just wipe it off and keep it pushing with her day. You know what, I got no comment, no comment. 
but I don't do criminal work. I don't represent people. I'm good. <laughs> and, and we have Mickey C, the silver haired dragon. Blatant racism in our school, no problem. Calling the public's attention to it, big problem. So after years of permitting this hate, I guess we have to act now. Meanwhile, all those children who suffered for all those years have internalized that abuse. Absolutely, you have kids who cannot learn. Also, all they learned was essentially to suffer oppression. That's not what educational institutions are supposed to be. It's a joke. Super two, YouTube super chat. I love getting those words together. Fun. Kathy Harvey, two dollars. I hope the doc feels better soon. Moon Dragon for the five dollar. I love it. Any word on whether they're seeking Chantel's other attackers? That's a really good question. We do not know at this time, but let's hope that they are. And D Rocky. For the 9.99, love it. The good old boys in my West Virginia high school used to wear camouflage on Fridays to represent their racism and homophobia, to intimidate me and others. School did nothing, I feel for that young man. I'm so sorry you had that experience and I hope those individuals have gotten a check on their hate. And we have Gucci Mane, that's the problem. That Karen probably hasn't worked a day in her life. That's why she feels so damn entitled to anything. Yeah, definitely a problem. Also, Ricardo the Lion, where are the parents here talking about the Naperville school? Isn't that what the racists say about everyone else? Absolutely, and let's hear about Twitch. We have Alejandra Maldona Domexia, forgive me if I butchered that. You're hitting me, yeah, that happens. That's what happens when you put your limbs in between a closing door, you dummy. Yeah, I definitely think she missed out on that. And also left a Puna. If it's anything like my experience growing up in mostly white schools, the teachers are just as racist as the kids. Yeah, that that I've seen that before, and I also kind of grew up in that kind of environment, so it's unfortunate. But just as a reminder, please tweet us at indisputable tyt and tag hashtag indisputable so that your tweets and comments can be read on air. Now let's go ahead and move on to our next story. And this one comes to us out of North Carolina. Have you ever been a part of a, you know, maybe organization that has racist ties? Well, two representatives out there in North Carolina. Well, there was a leaked report and we happened to find out more information about what they're up to. These North Carolina's representatives, Mike Clampett, is a Republican from Bryson City, and Keith Kidwell, Republican from Coastal Beaufort County. Well, they are both listed as members of the Oath Keepers. These two state lawmakers are being tied to that right wing militia group after the membership roster was leaked. And these are the individuals who, what, they brought the fun on January 6th at the US Capitol. That's what the Oath Keepers are tied to, and now we can tie it to these lawmakers as well. Now, the Charlotte Observer, the information and insight they provided us with is that Representative Kidwell did not comment on the inclusion of his name on the roster, but said he doesn't think the information should be in the public domain. Clampett stands by his Oath Keepers affiliation. Clampett appears to be a Confederate sympathizer who has previously supported legislation to repeal the portion of the state's constitution that prohibits secession. Kidwell also serves as chairman of the newly reorganized House Freedom Caucus, which has propagated theories of voter fraud in the 2020 election. During the 2021-22 session, Kidwell has introduced legislation such as a bill to allow concealed carry by elected officials at the legislature. A bill to allow certain faculty and school staff to carry weapons on school grounds and a bill called the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Now the Oath Keepers revelations are one piece of a larger, more worrisome trend, wrote the Charlotte Observer. In addition to Clampett and Kidwell, 
ProPublica's analysis identified 46 other state and local government officials on the Oath Keepers roster. Can you believe this was? I can, um, it's part of a slow and graduate build um, of the Republic, a rebuild of the Republican Party uh, in the image and likeness of what used to be called the crazy fringe, the lunatic fringe. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when these people were just that, they were on the outskirts, they were seen as others. Uh, of course, Republican lawmakers, would you know play footsie, do a nod and a wink with some dog whistles to acknowledge them. But these people had no actual positioning when it came to being able to pull the levers, levers of power. Now, in 2021, elected lawmakers are on the damn member rosters, right? <laughs> so we've gone from just the dog and whistle of welfare queens and they're coming for our freedoms and blah 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 and you could say the thing that that would get their you know get their juices flowing a little bit to now like these guys are literally members of these lunatic cuz that's what they are they're lunatic organizations um and these people actually now are the weather vane of the party. They take the temperature um, and, and decide what direction the party should be going. It's no longer that they could just throw out country club people like Mitt Romney, like the Jeb Bushes and be like, all right, we're respectable Republicans. We get it crazies. You're the animating energy of what we do around here, but we're the, you know, we're the people that are in charge here. That's no longer the case. The fringe is taking over mm -hmm. um, and they dominate the party now. This doesn't surprise me in the least bit. No, and I find it interesting how one man said he didn't want it in the public domain and the other one stood by it. It's like if you're gonna bother being a part of these racist and old school <laughs> conservative organizations, at least say it with your chest. Like say get out here, chest. exactly, own it and don't try to pretend to be something else. But then again, we know that that's one of kind of the key tenets of modern day white supremacy is essentially to be cloaked, to have that hood over your face so people can identify it. But you know, nowadays, I just think you should just be out and about and be who you are, which is unfortunate because we have to endure these people, but at least we can identify them. So best of luck to those lawmakers, we good. Now let's go ahead and move over to our next story, which which is unfortunate because it involves a death of a man and really the life of a Karen. So here we had this woman named Audrina Harris and her white neighbors called the police on her during her father's funeral claiming that her limousine was parked in front of their home. Check out this video. Hey, hey, hey. Why would you guys even do that? Y'all no respect for nobody. Why would you listen? Listen, y'all. Okay, so I'm recording. They're saying that we're in front of their house. Hold on. They're saying we're in front of their house. It's my daddy's funeral. My daddy's funeral. And they're over here recording us and arguing with us. And he do this all the time. All the time they do this. All the time they do this. As y'all can see, we are not in front of their house. We are not in front of their house. It's my daddy's funeral today, and this is what they're doing. Like, come on now. And I called and told my landlord it was my daddy's funeral. So come on, go. As y'all see, we are not in front of their house. Y'all, they pick at me all the time. Like, literally, they pick at me all the time. Look at this. I want y'all to see we are not blocking. No driving. You don't need to act. 
aggravates. Like, this is ridiculous. Time. And I make sure I always record and I don't have nothing parked in front of nothing because I know how they are. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Let's go, y'all. Get in the car, please. Come on. Everybody get in the car. I got the video. I don't care. Y'all see, this is not blocking their driveway at all. This is just some Karen racist. Totally racist. As Adriana Harris said, totally racist. This occurred in Las Vegas just earlier this week. And, you know, I really, really feel hurt because, hey, it was not blocking their driveway, and yet they resorted to it by calling the police. And this is what the Daily Mail reported about this incident. They said, in addition to calling the police, her neighbors text her landlord, telling them that when the man of the couple took trash outside, 15 to 20 attacked him and that those people were outside their house threatening him. The police, according to Harris, arrived at the house after the family had left for the funeral. The Las Vegas Police Department did not confirm whether an officer had been dispatched to the neighborhood. Now what Harris also told the Daily Mail should be noted. She said, I'm at my father's funeral for the first 45 minutes to an hour. My landlord is texting me about this and I have to tell her I am literally at my father's funeral bearing my dad. She said, can this wait? I've been living here for four years and for the last four years, this is how they treated us. Talking about the neighbors there. They've called the police on my kids, my brother. She had the police come to my house numerous times. She writes numerous letters to my landlord. That definitely sounds like nothing but instances of Karenism. That sounds like, you know, cold hearted racism. Just trying to essentially instigate a situation where this woman or her family members get arrested or evicted when. Based on what we've heard so far, it's not that they're doing anything that it's illegal or disturbing the neighbors whatsoever. You know, Woz, what, is, what does this really say to you? You know, I would encourage this young woman to keep paying your rent on time, keep living your life. These people are obviously desperate, they're angry, but they're not gonna get anywhere with this nonsense. It's just, you know, what are you gonna do about miserable people? <laughs> There's nothing you can really do about it. The cops obviously by now understand that these people are ridiculous and just feel a way about having black neighbors. And if they don't like it, they can move, move, sell your crib. Or if you're renting, go find another place to live and get the hell out of there. If you can't live in harmony with your neighbors, you should go. You know, we got a lot of wilderness in this country. You can go out to the woods and <laughs> be away from civilization if that's what you so please. Yeah, you would think that they kind of would have gotten the message that they don't have to live there. They can take their hate and go somewhere else. But essentially harassing a neighbor and using law enforcement to try to get that done. It's just absolute shenanigans and it's completely and totally unnecessary. And so I think what advice if you were Ms. Harris, what would you do next? I mean, I know what I would be doing. I would just keep keep living, keep doing what I do. I'd probably be louder than necessary, probably turn my music up more than I needed to. I'd probably have more parties than I normally would. I'd probably be that neighbor, yeah, yeah. All kinds of barbecuing going on, playing all types of earth, wind and fire. Yeah, I'd be getting them mad, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> I completely respect that, that's right, yep. 
I have, you know, the meat going, backyard parties, the whole deal. Yeah, because it definitely seems like they're just gonna have an issue with just the sheer existence of Miss Harris yep. and her family. So they should continue to exist to the fullest extent. And also it just, it really, I, I didn't miss the kind of thought that they called the police and said that they were attacked by about 15 or 20 of them as though the Harris family were some kind of pack of animals. And also the thought attack, you know, it's these coded words that are often used that really describe and depict us as animalistic. Mm-mm, but tired. you know, it's, 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 it's to be expected at this point. She said she's lived there for four years, so at a certain point, you kind of know the playbook with these people, um, and you know, the police aren't gonna go for it, so which is nice. Uh, but yeah, it's, there's nothing you could do about deeply unhappy, sick, deranged people. Um, I would hope that these people could get some help, maybe seek some therapy, uh, somebody step in and help them, you know, be better at life. But there's nothing that this young woman could do to change uh, the ridiculous ways of these people. She just gotta live her life and understand that sometimes there are people who are beyond repair. Yep, and definitely we know too many of those. Thank you so much for joining us, Waz, really Always, appreciate thank it. Always, you for having me. Yes, you are awesome. And where can you be found? Please tell our viewers. Yeah, I'm Big Waz on every single social media network. So that's B-I-G-W-O-S on every single social. Of course, you can read me at TheRinger.com, listen to my podcast about the NBA as well as TV. Um, And yeah, and I do a a political podcast called Woke Bros with fellow TYT contributor Nando Vila. We talk about lefty issues and politics, so check us out. That is awesome, and I have to apologize. I think several times I called you woes instead of was. I am. You know, you actually. You know what's so funny about that, Adrian? Yes. Was is actually the Yankee slash white way to say it. Woes is actually the ethnic way to say it. That's how my parents, my family says it. Uh So you're actually saying it the right way. It's just me. I'm an appeaser, so I just say it the way the white people are most comfortable with. Uh, You know, you actually did it right. Okay, cool. Well, that makes me feel better. You have to forgive me. It's the first time I put on a jacket post COVID. It's a little tight and I'm sweating like hell. (laughs) It's a tough time, these first world problems. But thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it and I'll see you again.